Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show, and our topic today is gratitude for teachers. This is such a great topic, and I'm excited to talk about it today, and particularly because we have a holiday upcoming that listeners may or may not be familiar with, which is called Guru Purnima. It's a holiday that is celebrated by Buddhists, Hindus, and Jans, and will be celebrated on July 5th this year. So that's only a little over a week away from today. Guru Purnima is a day to celebrate and express gratitude for spiritual teachers. And I'm really delighted to be joined today by Reverend Sundri Jensen from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. Reverend Jensen met her spiritual teacher, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, in March of 1992. She was initiated into Kriya Yoga by Yogacharya O'Brien in 1999, and Reverend Jensen was ordained in 2002. She is a senior Kriya Yoga teacher at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, and she serves at CSE's executive director. Sundri leads the core teachings team, which is responsible for all classes and retreats related to yoga and meditation. She's also the provost of the Meru Institute and draws on her vast experience as an educator as she oversees the training and preparation of teachers and leaders. In addition to being a senior Kriya Yoga teacher, Sundari is a certified Hatha Yoga teacher, meditation teacher, Vedic counselor, and IAYT, that's the International Association of Yoga Therapists, certified yoga therapist. You can find out more about the online classes and programs, many featuring Reverend Jensen at csecenter.org. So welcome, Reverend Sundari Jensen. I am really, really delighted to be with you today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much, Laurel. It's such a blessing to be in conversation with you, and I look forward to um, our time together. Exactly. But before we go there, before we begin our dialogue about gratitude for teachers, let's start with a moment of contemplation. So let's take this moment to bring ourselves fully present wherever we are and whatever we're doing, just bringing our attention to our body, feeling our body in space 
And whatever we're doing, feeling the surfaces that support our body, whether we're sitting or standing, walking, driving, just feeling all of the places that our body is supported by the surfaces that are that we connect to. And now bringing our attention to our breath. And just noticing as we take a fully conscious breath, as we inhale and exhale. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the exhale, feeling the warm air flowing out. Just being right here, right now. No need to go anywhere or do anything else, just being with the breath. Not trying to change the patterns of our breathing, but just noticing. And as we rest here, wherever we are, right here, here's something to contemplate. This is a Vedic hymn. I salute the supreme teacher, the truth, whose nature is bliss, who is the giver of the highest happiness, who is pure wisdom, who is beyond all qualities and infinite like the sky, who is beyond words, who is one and eternal, pure and still, who is beyond all change and phenomena and the silent witness to our thoughts and emotions. I salute truth, the supreme teacher. Once again, Reverend Jensen, welcome to the Yoga Hour. So we are here to talk about the importance of the spiritual teacher and all the things that a spiritual teacher brings us. And you have been a, a student of Yogacharya O'Brien's for quite some time now, 28 years, if I did the math correctly. <laughs> so what was it like for you to meet your spiritual teacher, Yogacharya O'Brien? Well, this is um, probably the most important question someone could ask. How did you meet your spiritual teacher and what difference does it make in your life? So I was eight when I met her. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, I was 29. And um, I was relatively successful at that time in my life. I was a college basketball coach and teacher at a college and um, very happy with how things were going. I was successful in the ways that success were measured. But I just... Uh, 
came to a point where I really felt that something was missing and I didn't know what that was, didn't know what was missing because now I can look back and see that my, um, I didn't know because I was too dense. Mm. My mental field was not purified enough to know what was missing, but like many people, there was a longing in my heart. Like I knew there was a diamond in the rough, but I had no idea how to, how to get it. So I knew it needed to be polished. I wasn't sure it was inside of me, mm. but I knew that it was somewhere. And so I kept looking for it all over. Um, I was thinking of this question because I knew you would ask it. And I thought well, it was, it was as if I was a caterpillar on a leaf in a dark pond and I could see this beautiful garden, <laughs> mm. but I was floating on water with all these other leaves around and trying to get these other bugs on leaves to give me the joy that I saw in that garden. And uh, of course that didn't work. And then eventually my leaf floated over close enough and I had the courage to jump off the leaf and crawl uh, over the fence into the garden. And that's how I found my teacher. Mm. I found the teachings of uh, a friend introduced me. And, um, you know, really, it's the most important introduction of my life. Mm. Changed everything in my life. Mm. And as you know, upon that um, finding the garden there as a caterpillar, the next thing that happens is uh, you go into a cocoon where it's quite dark. <laughs> really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, <clears throat> I was interested in your story about how for you, it was a longing, you know, in your heart that was leading you to a spiritual path. And I know for each of us, it's different. For me, it was suffering. You know, I was suffering and I knew that um, specifically I needed a spiritual path. You know, and that set me that set me looking, which I think is also, you know, really common, a common way that people come to the path. So how has having a spiritual teacher been important? You say it's like the most important introduction. So but how how has it been important in your life? Well, um, first, let me say that it was suffering that brought me. And you were further along than I was because I didn't know I needed a spiritual path. Mm. I just wanted out of the darkness of the pond. Yeah. I, I didn't have enough illumination to even know I wanted a spiritual path. Yeah. But when I found that, um, I knew that I was home. And I think, you know, of course, the spiritual teacher serves as a uh, guide and um, offers encouragement and is a inspiration you know, a spiritual friend, not a, not a pal, not someone you're going to go to the movies with, but, <laughs> you know, but there's a love, there's a shared love for the divine and for truth. That is the bond of the relationship. And, um, I think the, probably the most important thing is, uh, that I've learned how to listen. Mm. You know, I've learned how to listen, and that's the, the really the one of the primary goals of a spiritual teacher is that the student becomes able to listen first 
you know, first the listening comes from like having it put in my face, like in writing and verbal, <laughs> like a billboard. <laughs> and then over time, eventually, you know, just subtle hints or stories. And, um, and then um, through attunement, then listening and being attuned to what the teacher is trying to share and how the teachings can come to life, which all comes about uh, through actually practicing the teachings that the teacher has offered. Uh, and then I said, listen, because the ultimate goal is that a true teacher teaches us how to listen to ourself. Yes. How to listen to our, our highest true self. And, uh, you know, true teacher teaches us how to be independent, really uh, independent in not meaning, not, uh, not needy. Mm -hmm. and uh, not attached. I think that's one of the keys uh, that people become afraid of having a spiritual teacher sometimes thinking that they're, they're going to have to give up their own identity and um, lose themselves, uh, you know, and um, become dependent on another person. And of course, uh, a real teacher uh, the goal is independence, <laughs> meaning spiritual awakening, liberation, right. and self-reliance. Right. I've read in various places and heard Yogacharya O'Brien also speak about this, but it's like a mirror. Yeah, it's like holding a mirror, you know, up to us. And, you know, eventually the the image in the mirror becomes clearer, which is as you were, you know, you were talking about the um, clarity that comes with continued practice, meditation practice. We're both on this, you know, path of Kriya Yoga with meditation as one of the key principles. But I wanted to just point out that this process of finding a spiritual teacher is universal. It's not um, just Kriya Yoga, you know, that goes through this. It's, you know, part of many people's spiritual paths, finding, you know, someone that they resonate with in some way and coming home, as you said. So there's a universality to the, to this process. And one of the things I've always loved about CSE is the, is the openness to everyone finding their own place, not necessarily at CSE. So I've never, ever heard anyone at CSA say, this is the only way, this is the right way. The whole idea is that there are so many different kinds of people out there in the world. There are so many different paths that there's something for everyone. And if this is your path and it feels like home to you, welcome. And if it's not, if this is a way station on your journey someplace else, um, you know, there's a total openness to that. Go, go with God. That's, your that's your path and we totally support you in doing that i think that's for me it's been really remarkable and one of the things i really appreciated being on the board is i saw how at the board of directors at csa i saw how deep it goes it's all it's at every level in the organization it's like that so um we've talked a little bit about you know why people come to a spiritual path and as we've said, the most common reason probably is the suffering uh, that we've described. There are also other people who are just, they just have a curiosity, you know, right. in their heart. And some people drawn by love. And I'm sure as you've, as you've been at CSE, you've seen 
these all these different kinds of people who come. Yes, absolutely, for sure. I, I agree that you know most often um, it is pain or suffering that drives people uh, to have change in their life. You know, seeking something, um, and often it's children the birth mm. of a child and they, they love the child and they want the best for the child. And so they're seeking, you know, what, what can we bring into our family? So we can call that love. And for some it's, you know, they just have a, a love of God that uh, naturally draws, draws them or a seeking of wisdom. Um, but I think seeking the teachings and the tools of, uh, self-awareness is often the first thing that people are looking for, whether it's path of Kriya yoga or any spiritual tradition. Um, I don't really think, or it's not my experience anyway, that people begin a spiritual journey by looking for a teacher. Right. You know, that's, <laughs> doesn't really work too well that way. I don't think, I think, um, first, the teachings have to resonate. And so whether it's love or uh, seeking wisdom or finding, trying to find a way out of pain and a way mm -hmm. into the heart, um, whichever way a person comes into a path, no matter what the path is, then when for me, and as I've witnessed throughout the years, when a teaching resonates with an individual, when the teachings resonated with me, I could hear them from Yogacharya. There are many, many, many people who teach Kriya Yoga, thousands of people who teach Kriya Yoga. And I've heard several people share the teachings of Kriya Yoga. In this case, I could listen deeply and receive the teachings from Yogacharya O'Brien. And that's how that resonance is how I knew this was really my place to land and that this is my teacher. Mm. Yeah, it's really a great description. You can't make someone be your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right? You can't like scrapple yeah. like this is going to be my path. This is right. going to be my teacher. That's just exhausting. Right. <laughs> Good point. So I did want to come back around to something else you were pointing to. We were chatting a little bit about this before the program began, but in the United States, particularly, the idea of having a spiritual teacher has gotten a lot of bad press because of some of the the um, ethical lapses of prior spiritual teachers, and it's put a lot of fear into people about this whole idea, you know, about a spiritual teacher. Um, making it frightening to think about having a spiritual teacher. So what do you say to students about that, students who are, are struggling with that? Well, you have to look in, in your own experience and ask, um, in this relationship with these teachings, with this spiritual community and with this teacher, um, is my life deepening and are my relations strengthening and expanding or are they contracting and um, I think what many people are afraid of because of you know the history of spiritual teachers and cults that um, 
can cause a person's life to contract and um, to lose touch with family relationships in particular. Um, so in a uh, healthy spiritual community and with a spiritual teacher who is supporting your liberation of consciousness, what happens is your relationships actually heal, in particular family relationships. And like I said, you know, the caterpillar is on the leaf and then goes into a cocoon and it can be quite dark in there. So right off the bat, there's all this joy of seeing the garden and getting to taste the flowers and be around your other caterpillar friends, but then it can be quite dark. And um, at that time, you know, a time of deep introspection, it, it could feel as if some of your relationships are falling away and the ones that are not useful in your spiritual journey will fall away. But the ones that are useful, and in particular with your family of origin generally, those relationships will strengthen and find, um, really find a way to deepen spiritually, uh, even without talking about spirituality. So I think, you know, for me, uh, that was really reassuring when I witnessed that my life was actually opening and expanding. Uh, I was finding more joy and and actually over time, more clarity and independence in my thinking rather than being reliant on something or someone outside of me. Mm -hmm. Such great points you just made about the expansion of our lives and the improvement, feeling that improvement of our lives. And just to say a little bit more about this darkness, I think once we for example, begin to meditate. And it does bring a clarity to our consciousness. And we were suffering before, as we've talked about, or often we're suffering before. But all of a sudden, you have this new awareness, and you're looking at these behaviors that you were doing, and you're cringing. I mean, it's painful. That's what the darkness is that we're talking about. We become more aware of the impact, for example, we may have been having on others. And it's, um, there are often feelings of shame and guilt that you have to, you know, work through, which really aren't that useful <laughs> that you have to grow through. But lots of times that's people's experience when they first come on the path, as you said, both the joyfulness, but then also the darkness of just facing right. our patter patterns in our lives. Right. It's, it's even like this time that we're in right now, with many of us sheltering in place during this time of um, COVID, <clears throat> you know, I have a full work life like many people and, you know, get up and have my little routine and then go to work and then come home and do a little studying and just steady routine. But during this sheltering in place time, I'm actually shining the light in some places in my house that were dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing there were a lot of cobwebs. You know, there are weeds in the garden that need to be pulled that I had just been ignoring or unaware of. And um, yeah, exactly like that. Same as the spiritual path, the light comes on and we become aware of um, things that were in the dark mm -hmm. before and mm -hmm. we have to confront them. So mm -hmm. we have an opportunity to uh, heal them and make amends and lift our life up and um, flex our spiritual muscles a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, 
So we talked about the journey to find a spiritual path. And I totally agree with you that it's the spiritual path that's the beginning, you know, of this process where you are finding your path, finding a place that feels like home to you, finding a place that resonates with you, and then finding a teacher. So is it necessary to have a spiritual teacher? Well, it's certainly very helpful Mm. to have a spiritual teacher because, you know, we were just talking about uh, wandering through the darkness of our life. And, uh, you know, at certain stage in our life, we, like I said, in the introduction, I didn't even know how that I was wandering in the darkness. My ego was you know, so strong. I had so much arrogance. I thought that I already had all the lights on. Um, the teacher helps to shine a light in the corners um, that are dark so that we can then claim all the aspects of ourselves and uh, have a sense of fulfillment, of spiritual fulfillment. So it's certainly helpful um, to have someone who has walked the journey to guide us, to guide us along the way. And somebody um, who is embodied, you know, someone who is alive to be able to ask questions to, and to be able to ask for support, uh, especially when we're in times of, of change when we're walking into parts of our life or experiences that are that are new we're making big changes in our life it's very supportive to have that kind of help and you know if we're ready to fully dedicate ourselves to living the awakened life of self and god realization then having a spiritual teacher um, helps to be an anchor helps to be an anchor when we make that commitment and we have someone to commit to supporting us, uh, then uh, there's an anchor. There's something we can hold on to if the um, waters of our journey become turbulent mm-hmm. at any time. Yes. And to me, it's part of committing to a spiritual path. Right. And we've, we've talked about how you can kind of move through a lot of things as you're looking for your spiritual path. But at some point it's important to commit because otherwise your mind is just drawn in all these different directions, which is not really helpful in the meditation process that we talk a lot about on the show. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to the yoga hour with guest Reverend Sundari Jensen, senior Kriya yoga teacher and center for spiritual enlightenment's executive director. We're talking about the importance of a spiritual teacher. You can find out more about CSE's programs at their website, csecenter.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yoga hour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about gratitude for teachers. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. 
Welcome back from the break. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm here today with Reverend Sundari Jensen, who is a certified Hatha yoga teacher, meditation teacher, Vedic counselor, and IAYT certified yoga therapist, in addition to the many hats she wears at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. In the first segment, we were discussing the importance of a spiritual teacher and some of the benefits of having one. So let's turn our attention now to this guru-disciple relationship. So, Sundri, let's start with the word guru. What does the Sanskrit word guru mean? Well, I think that's such an important uh, question. Um, It's generally translated to mean teacher. You know, people might say, I have a guru of my um, tabla drumming experience, or I have a math guru um, like that. And on a deeper level, uh, it means the light that dispels the darkness of ignorance or of not knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And there there are said to be three types of gurus. One is a reminder, um, guru who, you know, through the teachings where we are reminded of our uh, true nature and one who is uh, a guru who is an awakener that uh, awakens uh, vital force and energy and awakens our consciousness. And then the third type of guru is the liberator, the one who um, supports complete liberation of consciousness and mm. spiritual awakening. So a reminder, awakener and liberator also, the guru said, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that definition of guru, the, the light that dis- dispels yeah. the darkness. Because the real teacher is God, is, right. you know, supreme consciousness, is whatever your word that you're comfortable with, absolute love, the truth, as in the Vedic hymn that I was, that I read at the beginning of the hour, I salute the supreme teacher, the truth, that's the real guru. And the, the, the earthly guru is a, ideally a reflector of that, uh, an embodiment of um, dispelling the darkness. So, yeah, the, the guru is, um, it's really your highest true self um, that is being projected onto another being like a clear mirror. So the true guru is the light of, as you said, the light of divinity that shines through us, but it's the highest true self being projected onto another person like a clear mirror. Uh, Someone who is capable of teaching us how to recognize and access uh, the source, capital S, the truth from within. And that's the goal. The true guru, the goal is to set the disciple free. Yes. Ultimate liberation. Absolutely. So the other part of this guru-disciple relationship, of course, is disciple. So what is discipleship? And is it different from being a student? Uh, Well, yes and no. Discipleship um, is described as being a student. or a learner, Um, but what makes it different uh, from being uh, just a general student becoming a disciple is, as you said in the first segment, 
um, making a commitment to one path and one uh, spiritual teacher. And as a disciple, you know, following the guidelines of discipleship, being receptive to the teachings, being respectful, having faith, remaining committed, practicing um, discernment, being dedicated, and always having uh, love and respect for the relationship with the spiritual teacher. So there's a deeper commitment um, as a disciple, and there's a shared love for God that is the anchor of the relationship. Yes, absolutely. So I did want to touch back on some of the qualms that people have about the guru-disciple relationship, about potentially being, becoming a disciple, and the as we talked about some of the ethical lapses here in the United States that have, that have led to that. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the power in the relationship because Yogacharya has talked about this. I have really appreciated her comments on that. And I was wondering if you would talk about that a bit. Yeah, sure. Um, in the guru disciple relationship, in the relationship of the, um, with a spiritual teacher, all of the power lives with the student with the disciple. The disciple is the one in a healthy um, relationship with one spiritual teacher. Is The disciple is the one who comes to the teacher and asks to be accepted as a student, as a disciple. Um, it's not put on the seeker. The spiritual teacher does not go and pluck out a, a person and say, you are my student. Right. <laughs> In a healthy environment, um, the student comes and makes the request. And the student, the disciple, is the one who initiates um, the, the depth of really listening and practice. You know, it's up to the the disciple to decide what step they're going to take and when they're going to take it. In a healthy relationship with one spiritual teacher, um, the disciple is being guided, not pushed or pulled. Hmm. And the guru is like, um, you know, has a... Well, Yog Paramahansa Yogananda said, um, Paramahansa Yogananda is... Uh, the lineage of Kriya Yoga that we are part of, and Yogacharya O'Brien's spiritual teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, is a direct was a direct disciple of Paramahansa Ji. And Yogananda wrote that the guru has a life dedicated to shining a light in our awakening world by guiding dedicated disciples who then shine their light in the world. And that's that's really the key, that the disciple holds on to their own self and the power in the relationship, that they are strengthened, and then they become themselves, we become ourselves, uh, a light in the world for others, um, making the world um, exponentially more illumined. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. That was so such a great description. And one of the things when I was an early 
student of Yogacharya O'Brien's, that was very reassuring to me that to, to know that this was not something that was going to be done to me, but this was something that I actually had to come and ask to become a disciple and use my discernment as we went along in the relationship and that that was expected of me. So um, you've talked about this a little bit, but I wondered if you wanted to dive into it a little bit. So the purpose of the guru-disciple relationship is awakening. That's the goal, at least in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Right. Yeah, the purpose is, um, yeah, to awaken to the truth of who and what we are and to live an awakened life, to um, really be able to discern what our dharma is, what, what it is that is ours to do in the world, and then to be able to follow the uh, inner inclinations of how to have that revealed, how to have that expressed in our life in a very practical way. So in the relationship, the uh, spiritual teacher introduces us to ourself, to our <laughs> higher self. Yes. You know, the, the teacher um, helps to, us to make acquaintance with God, mm. with truth, and uh, by showing us the way, by revealing a path, and by offering um, a sadhana, by offering practice teachings and a, and a an actual tangible physical practice of meditation or what asana or whatever the tradition holds and by transmission mm. through initiation when we study closely with our spiritual teacher um, and our awareness is illumined uh, there's only one mind and so through attunement, through being uh, at one with our spiritual teacher in that one mind, in God, uh, transmission occurs, and then also um, bearing witness. Hmm. So one of the things that I know has been important for me, and I suspect for you too, is the the guru, the spiritual teacher, as an illustration of steadfastness, steadfastness to practice. And I certainly have seen that from Yogacharya O'Brien. And frankly, it's hard to, or it can be hard to have the discipline to follow that one, that first step in Kriya Yoga, the tapas, um, self-discipline of arranging conditions of having a regular meditation practice. And I know it took me quite some time to really have a very regular meditation practice, but to have that as a continuous example with Yogacharya has been very, very helpful. And then of course, more recently, the things that have been set in place online that are so accessible to everyone. So the morning meditation at 6.30, afternoon meditation at four, these are things that you can set your alarm clock for the 6.31, you can set your, your phone alarm for the four o'clock one and have a really nice middle of the day practice, little half an hour meditation practice in the middle of the day. So has that been helpful for you? Oh yes, of course. 
you know, having, um, I think this is why it's so important to uh, have a spiritual teacher who is embodied, mm-hmm. um, to have that real relationship, um, because it can be easy to uh, live in a sort of uh, fantasy. And that, you know, some people have a spiritual teacher who is part of a tradition. And uh, that's their, they'll say, this is my real guru, and the teachings live on through that um, person. And that works very, very well for some individuals. For me, uh, having uh, an embodied teacher or guru who's, who is a, a householder, you know, who has yes. a, uh, a, a husband who runs an organization, who has grandchildren who has you know who goes shopping prepares meals does laundry drives a car absolutely you know everything that the rest of us do in our regular life to be able to have an example of how to do that in the highest way and um in a way that is really part of having a holistic sadhana where every aspect of our life is part of our spiritual practice to be able to watch that uh, in action is especially supportive during trying times, mm-hmm. you know, and for me to remember back, <clears throat> if I come across a difficult time in my life uh, to think, you know, how did I watch my teacher? How did I watch Yogacharya walk through that? And in the beginning on the spiritual path, um, you know, we emulate our teacher and emulation is different than imitation. You know, imitation is just following blindly, mm. but emulation is, uh, as, as we're speaking about, um, watching how another being who's been shining the light in front of us to support us, to not fall in the pit, uh, you know, into holes on the path. Um, emulating is, paying attention to how that person, how our teacher lives their life and following the teachings in such a way that we live in that way and even better. Mm -hmm. The goal of the guru or spiritual teacher is that the disciple actually goes farther than them. Mm -hmm. So you kind of ran through these, I think, a little bit, but I wanted to give you a chance to maybe flesh out some of them. So part of being a disciple or wanting to become a disciple is a reflection of inner growth that's already happened. So what are some requirements for taking up this path or this process of becoming a disciple? Well, the first one is um, to be receptive, be receptive and uh, to as you said, to participate consciously and to understand that life is supportive, Mm. that life is here, you know, it's not happening to us, that we are actually participating in it. So to be receptive and, and to, the second one is to respect. There's a saying, you know, don't kick the cow. So to be respectful in your relationship with your teacher, uh, you know, a cow gives you milk and life. (laughs) 
So you don't kick the one that is giving you life and that is fortifying your existence. You can always ask questions, and we should, uh, but out of reverence and respect. Mm. And then um, to have faith. You know, we're stepping into, as we've been talking about, sometimes there's a sense of darkness and there's a little light, but it's only shining one step in front of us. Right. So, you know, if we want to learn how to swim, we have to get into the water. We have to have faith and, and jump in and then commitment. And that's the crux of it. The crux of it is that we're, we're committed. We're committed to one path and we do what's needed to reach uh, the goal of self and God realization. Don't, don't look to the left as Yogananda told Roy Eugene Davis, <clears throat> don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't look behind us. Look straight ahead and go all the way to the goal. And you can do it in this lifetime. And uh, that's what our teacher tells us as well. And then, so receptivity, respect, faith, commitment, and discernment requires us to um, deepen our discernment and to awaken our power of discrimination and intuition, uh, which is our ability to grasp the subtle. And this is really key. Um, otherwise, we become dependent on something outside of us. And so a commitment to our sadhana and to the relationship and to our higher self uh, allows us to awaken our power of discrimination. And then, as I said earlier in our conversation uh, to learn to listen to our own self in the end and then dedication to uh, remain steadfast on the path to keep on keeping on to understand that the path is it's a path of unfoldment it's not like a goal and we check it off you know it's a, uh, a lifelong journey and then uh, love mm love the the guru disciple relationship is not personal um but there's a a shared love for the divine and so the relationship is quite intimate in that way mm -hmm. in that it is about the deepest things in our heart right yeah so I began the show with a little description of uh, Guru Purnima of gratitude for teachers. And I must say that this holiday is something that was celebrated, has been celebrated at CSA as long as I have been there. And it's really has been such a wonderful, joyful celebration of gratitude for all spiritual teachers. And just to describe it from, I know it'll be quite different this year. And I want to ask you about that, but in general, what happens is a bunch of volunteers gather very early in on the morning of Guru Purnima and put flowers all over the whole grounds at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. So as people come in for the morning service, there are flowers all along the pathways, all through you know the grounds, which is just so beautiful. And prior to that, people have been encouraged to bring pictures of what whoever they consider a spiritual teacher and all of the pictures are up on the altar 
uh, you know, across the, the front of the temple that just shows the variety of all these wonderful, smiling, wise faces of these gurus from all different traditions are up there. And so that's been how it, you know, how it has been. And I'm sure all of us are going to miss that a little bit in our heart, being able to be there on such a, a special day and to be grateful for teachers. So what's happening this year? Is there something online that is going to happen on, uh, it's a week from Sunday? Yes. Uh, that's a beautiful reflection on how we used to do gratitude for teachers 20 years ago. <laughs> how long it's been, a long time ago. And um, and we've been, uh, for the past several years, practicing um, or offering a Guru Purnima celebration, which is celebrated at the time of the full moon in July. Right. And so the actual date changes year to year. And this year that falls on Sunday, uh, July 5th of 2020. And as you said, it's a, a celebration of the guru of the spiritual teacher. And it is a, a time of offering um, prayers for the healing of the entire universe. So the healing of the atmosphere of the planet and aligning uh, ourselves for the on a spiritual level for the year ahead, uh, but also aligning uh, in a more global way. So this year will be online. And the information, as you said, can be found on our website, CSE Center. Dot org, And it's a time that we honor the teachers in, at CSE in our lineage of Kriya Yoga. We acknowledge what we have received uh, inwardly. The, you know, how are we going to have a yagya, a fire ceremony? Because we have a big, you know, fire pit and we offer seeds into the fire. And so we'll do it via Zoom and we'll have you know, one of our senior Korea teachers will be holding the fire pit at his home and I'll be at CSE uh, offering the puja prayers and the arati light and the mantras and Yogacharya will be offering teachings and blessings and prayers from her home. So we have several people who will be offering readings. So we'll be on Zoom and uh, everyone's welcome. This is, this is, um, celebrated by millions of people around the world. And this year in particular is a very important time, I think, for us to lift our consciousness, uh, to be, bring peace in our nation and our world, lift up the uh, well-being of all, and um, also to bring healing. Mm -hmm. So important at this time. So as we're getting to the end of the program, in closing, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, first, thank you for this opportunity to be in conversation with you, Dr. Trujillo. I really appreciate our spiritual friendship, which has uh, been made possible by having the same spiritual teacher right. and following the same teachings. And so we've been spiritual friends for um, a couple of decades now. <laughs> Which That's is true. wonderful. So I love this. I'll, I'll close with these words that are uh, a prayer from the Vedas. To the one who opened my eyes, previously blinded by the darkness of ignorance, with the sword of anointed, with self-knowledge, I express my gratitude. 
because there is no knowledge more valuable than the ultimate truth, no pursuit more purifying than seeking the truth, I express my gratitude to the one who points me to it. Mm -hmm. Om. Beautiful. And with that, you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show. We've been discussing gratitude for teachers with Reverend Sundri Jensen, Senior Kriya Yoga Teacher and Center for Spiritual Enlightenment's Executive Director. The Center for Spiritual Enlightenment now offers online Sunday programs and other daily meditation programs with Yogacharya O'Brien and other ministry leaders. For more information, visit csecenter.org. Thank you for this conversation, Reverend Jensen. I've really, really enjoyed this time to be together and to express our gratitude for our teacher. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure to be with you and to um, be with all of our guests. Mm. So join us next time when Yogacharya O'Brien will be hosting Philip Goldberg and discussing his new book, Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. And as an aside, I'm sure he chose that title well before the pandemic, <laughs> but, but what an amazing title, Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Ann Hayes and Mickey Coronado, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.